You're listening to a podcast from Heart. Welcome to the Heart Podcast. My name is Patrick Calvert of Papworth Hospital and the University of Cambridge. It's a great pleasure to welcome today a true pioneer of valvular heart disease. We have today at the British Cardiovascular Society meeting here at the Excel Centre in London, Professor Alec Verhanyan of Bisha Hospital in Paris. Welcome to London, Alec. Thank you. It's a pleasure. I should just say that it's very nice to speak to you in English for a change. I, I, for those listening, I had the pleasure of spending one year as an interventional fellowship with Professor Vahanyan Abisha, and thank you very much for your hospitality. So, no, we enjoyed having a British fellow such like you, and had a, a very few but very great people. Thank you. No, that's true. That's true. That's true. You know. Professor Vahanyan, you've been responsible for a huge growth in the treatment of valvular heart disease over the years. Just take us a little bit of time to tell us how it all started. Well, uh, thanks for the compliment. It's too much. But in point of fact, I was born in uh, what was a sort of temple of valvular heart disease in the department which was run by my mentor, Professor Akar. And uh, we started uh, in a very small and remote hospital in Créteil, you know where it is, in the suburb of Paris. And uh, just to, to tell you, uh, when we had to do some uh, blood sampling, we had to bring ourselves, the tubes, to the main hospital, which was Henri Mondor at this stage. So it started um, like that, and this mentor taught us how to see the patient clinically. And uh, he, he was one of the pioneers also to introduce echocardiography and surgical treatment. He worked very closely with Alain Carpentier and uh, Christian Cabrol. And then things moved. Uh, what happened is uh, that I moved to Canada, to Montreal, and I learned a completely crazy technique. It is a transeptal catheterization. When I came back with this technique, well, it was not used at all. Uh, the first case I did in France, uh, we ended up with a STEMI. Uh, I don't know why we ended up. <laughs> so it was a difficult start. But then we had a real start with the balloon commissurotomy, percutaneous balloon commissurotomy. I think we did the first case in Europe. And uh, we started seeing many patients around that. Then we, we visited Alain Cribier and start also the aortic valvuloplasty. And the chief said it, it won't work. He was probably the first in France to say that, but he, he was right, as you know. And then we, we had to work with him, but he was not a very strong believer in new interventional technique and was a strong supporter of the surgical technique. Then uh, he left and we moved again and we we worked in different crazy techniques for percutaneous mitral repair, all unsuccessful. And then we embarked into TAVI, which is uh, very successful. And now we are re-embarking in uh, mitral procedures. So it's, it's a long story. Hopefully it's not finished yet. So it's, it indeed has been a long story. And you've alluded to it a little bit. But in that period of time, did you have support from the authorities in the hospital or, or more generally nationally for, to develop these new techniques? Well, as you know, the percutaneous balloon commissurotomy was supposed to be expensive because in a balloon, the cost is, I don't know, 2000 3000 
but we, we were able to buy them and we, we can do the job. With Stavi, uh, we were fortunate in France to have good registries and uh, the device, in the early days we worked with investigational device and we embarked into a French uh, Tavi registry and now it's correctly reimbursed if you work at the heart team and surgeon and cardiologist signed up, so no problem. For edge-to-edge repair, we are just like in the UK, I guess. We have the largest experience in France by far, and we did 30 cases within two years, which shows that it, it doesn't happen here. They're absolutely not supportive, and we're in a very difficult situation. You're in a very unique position to give advice to people who want to set up percutaneous valve programs. Tell us a little bit about how you set up things when you move to Bichat in Paris. Well, I think to set up things to do this intervention, you should first have a good knowledge of the disease. That's the first point. It's very important to have a good clinical knowledge. Then you have to work with the team with expertise in valve disease. I told you about clinicians. Echo. Echo person are crucial for selection and also for guidance of the procedure, for evaluation of the results. You have to work with other imaging, which is difficult, at least in my environment. Right now we have a good person, but it took years to have radiologists interested in this domain. And you need surgeons. Surgeons who are good in surgery, so not trying to grab all the patients who are good, because if they are good and innovative, they will embark in the process, and it will be a win-win uh, collaborative uh, thing. So we need all of these things, plus anesthesiologist also, and uh, you should work with a cardiac anesthesiologist. So it's a very important thing to have a team collaborative, people expert in valve disease, plus having the availability of other specialists like geriatrician, neurologists are key also. So it's a team approach. It is certainly true that you're an absolute leader in the percutaneous mitral commissurotomy technique. I'd like to talk to you a little bit about that. Young people like me who would like to learn the technique, how do you propose we go about it given the small numbers that there are? Yeah, well, I think it's quite difficult. I think the first step is to learn transeptal. So now things are moving a little bit and there are very good training courses. That, that's important because with transeptal you can do EP, you can do all the new mitral stuff, you can do plenty of things. So you have to learn the transeptal and then probably it's good to have a couple of expert centers throughout the country. You don't need hundreds, a couple of good centers because you have to do a good selection, good performance, good monitoring, and then to know how to manage this patient during follow-up. So limited number of high-volume centres. I'm, I'm very lucky to have had a big exposure at your centre in Bichat in Paris. Perhaps you could just tell the listeners how, how it is organised on a national level in France because the numbers that I saw you doing in Paris, three to four a week, are really unheard of across most of Europe. Is, it, is there an organisation that concentrates in the centre or is it just followed by reputation. Yeah, I think, well, it's, it's followed by reputation. I think we do grossly half of the French numbers. So I think it's not good to do two cases a year because you want to show to your referees that you can do it. Certainly, percutaneous mitral valve repair is a very challenging area of practice, and you've talked about the new frontier, perhaps, of, of uh, percutaneous valve work. Tell me a little bit about how you see that developing at the minute. 
Well, I think it's a very difficult era. It started almost at the same time of Tavi, but now where are we? Well, we had one device which is almost approved, but not yet, with a weak, let's say, weak recommendations. It may be considered in extremely high-risk patients, etc., etc. So, uh, probably it will go. To me, it will remain a palliation, it wouldn't replace surgery, remain a palliation. The future is in combination of techniques, of course, to try to mimic as much as possible surgery. Uh, big question mark on the valve replacement. There are so many challenges uh, and one case done, so it's, it's impossible to me to say today. It remains a palliation for the time being. And... If I'd just like to ask you a little bit about Tavi, I know that you don't confine the placement of the uh, prosthetic valve to the aortic position. Tell me a little bit about the other applications, the other valve positions and, and the utilities for that. Yes, well, we did together, you know that. Uh, no, uh, I think the, the valve in a valve is uh, one step forward. I think that's important. Today it's not established, but it, it, it works quite well. But here you need also a real good teamwork, not to put it in a valve which is going to occlude the coronary artery. So in aortic position, okay, mitral, valve in a valve, uh, experience is much less than in aortic position, however it can be done, and it's interesting, in very high risk patient, we did, and you were part of that, some valve in a ring, in the case of failure of uh, ring and in mitral position, uh, it can be done, also in very high risk patients, it's much more challenging, but can be helpful. The global experience, we published a multi-center study with as many as 17, one seven patients, it means that uh, the experience is limited. We also just started a few patients with tricuspid prosthesis, of course, we are not a pioneer, but rings. And experience is much more limited, it's only two cases right now, but it could be helpful in this domain. So I think it's interesting, it's a story, it's a case report, but it can pioneer uh, the field of uh, valve replacement in this um, atrioventricular uh, position with all the problems which were un unanticipated of LVOT obstruction, etc., etc. So I think it, it's, it's quite interesting. Certainly the multidisciplinary team something that I know you're a strong advocate of and I've experienced that in your centre in Bisha is, is vital to valvular work. Taking that one step further, could you ever imagine a situation where you have a, a valvular operator who is a surgeon and an, and an intervention at the same time? Is that, is that, a, is that a, a model that you think might work? Uh, it might work. To me, uh, what is good is to add experience to add, you know, to add on one plus one equals three. I think it was written in the cabal. Uh, probably I won't push the interventionist to do, let's say, transapical. It was told by some colleagues, well, interventionists can do, etc. And I won't push cardio uh, surgeons to do the whole um, um, transfemoral stuff. But if they like it, they should learn it. So it should be a sort of, you know, accommodation according to the individual setup and for the patient's sake. So um, if the surgeon wants to learn intervention, I think it's great. On the opposite, I do not think that young interventionists uh, will be willing to, to learn surgery. But I should say to the surgical community that when we see the rate of mitral valve repair, when we see the rate of artery valve repair, which is much too low, 
probably the surgical colleagues should spend a bit more time to learn these techniques, which are well established, work extremely well, at least as regards mitral valve repair, and less time trying to learn intervention, pure interventional techniques. So that's a... Finally, Professor Vanden, you've been an innovator for many decades in the world of valvular heart disease. What advice would you have for the up-and-coming generation who wish to innovate with respect, perhaps, how to integrate with industry, how to integrate with the, colon the colleagues and authorities? Well, uh, I think uh, integrating with industry is mandatory. Is mandatory. I think the relationship should be extremely clear. Uh, when you, well, we started with uh, several uh, product devices from scratch, if the relationship is very clear, uh, you can learn a lot from working with engineers and they can work a lot from you, so it could be extremely productive. Then we have to remain extremely cautious, not to push uh, too far the envelope. It happens, unfortunately, in the field of TAVI, as it happened in coronary, but we need industry, industry needs us, so a clear and straightforward relationship should not be looked at as uh, you know a crazy thing. It is necessary, but I think the authorities, and it happens in the UK and in France, also should lead the show now. They should uh, get some financial support, but run the registry, run the trials, etc., etc. That is the way to go. And also take care of the training, because for the time being, the training in TAVI, training in mitral repair, is mostly done by companies. It's good. They do a very good job when you see the success rate. But I think that the scientific society should play their role here. Professor Havanhinen, thank you very much for your time. It's great to hear your views on these matters and enjoy your rest of your stay at the Congress. Thank you. It's a pleasure. For more information about this programme and other BMJ Group podcasts, please visit bmj.com.